Hey, everybody. I hope everybody had a happy Labor Day. This is Rob with Carnival of Random. It's more than happy to be here. Maybe we'll tell that story. Uh, Greg is off in space or something. Ken's somewhere being Ken, probably at some show the way he's been going. But I'm so thrilled to have these people as guests. Great musicians, great people. Not from Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band, but she's part of a Lonely Hearts Club. It's Annie Wells. And these are just, I'm introducing who's ever close to me, which you can't see unless you see the picture. Hi, Annie. Hi, Rob. And then, me. and then we are thrilled. It's not the Bond villain, the man with the golden gun. It's the man with the golden sax, Jimmy Highsmith Jr. Good morning, Rob. How are you? <laughs> see how he did that? Isn't that sort of cool? It's what that Casual cool. on the foot, casual on the carnival. It's James, not James Bond, James Highsmith. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And just tell the, I'm, a lot of people, I'm sure, know who you are, but just like brief, bibli- like bibliographical bleh, sketches or whatever, how you've come to this point. <laughs> Ladies first. Oh, sure. Okay. So, um, so I've been um, writing and performing music in, in uh, Rochester area for a long time. Um, and I play the piano um, and sing, and I've had the good fortune to hook up with some really good musicians in town who uh, play in my band. And currently, um, I have uh, Dave Arenius playing bass, and Mike Kaupa playing horns, and Phil Marshall playing guitar, and um, his son Roy has been playing drums with us for gosh, probably almost a couple years now, Um, and um, I feel like it's, you know, a really good, really good combination for us, and uh, we play often at the Little Theater, but, you know, I played in other other venues around town and also around New York State, Um, so that's... I have to do a shout-out always to Phil Marshall because my dad... Like his last year wasn't good with dementia. Phil came over and sung with him, mm-hmm. and yeah. it was like those two going. He surprised he didn't do a duel with them like Simon and Garfunkel and bring him out to the little or something. Yeah, Phil. He's he's an amazing uh, music therapist. That's what he does during the day, and you know that's uh. that work has influenced his songwriting. Um, quite a lot. I'm big on one of the things I try to push on this show during these troubled times and how we're divided is music's a good thing. It's positivity. And the one thing my dad had a very bad summer that year. It was like a very such a nice man, but he would get like he was in the throngs of dementia. But when Phil came in, he'd just be singing away and Mm-hmm. just really happy and everything. And it was like that's why music's like a healing power. Mm-hmm. But Jimmy Plus, you have a new radio show. Yes, Moo Jazz Central on Moogoo's Radio, 90.1 WGMC, every Sunday night, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, yeah, a lot of fun. More <laughs> stuff to listen to. I love it. I'd you like know, it. for years, I don't know why. I talk fast. I have a nasal voice, but they've always asked me, not just them, a few other stations of happy they do a radio show. Like, no, see, that's like for me with I'm, the podcast. <laughs> I have a face for radio and a voice for silent films. So, so I do a podcast because I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, you know, COVID, you know, I, I had a job. I, well, let's digress. Music. Okay, so from Rochester, born and raised here, uh, lived. I started playing music professionally when I was actually uh, 13 years old. Uh, one of my first gigs was at the Glass Onion. You know, oh, and, I remember that place. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, actually, I was in Andy Calabrese's Jazz Theory class at Hockstance as a kid. 
The so, Andy uh, connections are amazing. You know, here. but I, you know, I, I've been playing music for a long time. I left here and moved to the Philadelphia area um, from 87 through 92, playing music down there. I moved back home here, and I've toured around the world and played with a lot of great artists, and I've recorded 11 of my own CDs, and I'm on several other CDs with other artists and rappers and producers and some movie soundtracks. And I'm grateful for the doors that have been opened for me with music and in the last say 10 years I really focused on my community involvement and mentorship so with that said I took a job in transportation as a manager at a school bus company and when COVID hit last year we all got furloughed because no school and uh, so in the last 16 months I've been spending time doing a lot of mentorship with a lot of inner city kids and I enjoyed that such that I resigned from my job <laughs> so now I'm back to playing music full time again so I have time to uh, spend time with these kids on the streets of Rochester and try to mentor them so there's that so yeah so yeah we are you know music is important uh, you're right it's, it's a way into a lot of people's lives it's a way it keeps me going I tell people I thank so many people like the years I had with my dad and yeah. things it was like the one thing I had yeah I just lost my dad in 2018 and uh, that was between that and karate we did karate together and we did music together you know and it was a thing we did and I'm thankful for the 40 odd years of memories with my father that I have uh, he died uh I mean, he was 69 years old, actually. Mm. He just retired two years before that in, uh, in 2018. But, yeah, so leaving that job has given me more time to do things. Thus, the radio show now. So <laughs> I'm doing the radio show. It's a lot of fun. I'm able to play a lot of cool music that I enjoy listening to and uh, expose folks to some new artists as well. Who, I also uh, think that's the great thing about local radio. It's like there's so many yeah. Scott Reagan, Mike, the Baron, who's always a guest on here. Yeah. Uh, that you get to do what you like, you dig, yeah. and you try to get other people. Yeah. I've been fortunate. Since COVID, we've had uh, quite a few shows, but my shows are always, you have to be vaccinated to come to my concerts right now. And I You can't see, but Jimmy's got his stick to bet you off if you come <laughs> near him. My COVID stick, yes. And Annie's got her piano, so she can just put the thing up and just <laughs> whack you in the head if you try to come by. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to try to infringe on anyone's liberties, but... I'm sorry, COVID is real. I've lost 10 friends to COVID, so I encourage vaccination. I really do. I'm not going to infringe on your liberty. Just stay away from me. <laughs> you know, pretty much, you know, that's so, it. So, yeah, the new CD's out, uh, Man with the Golden Sacks. We're having a party on October 9th at the Record Archive. Tickets are $30. Get you a copy of the CD as well as admission. A great bargain at any price. Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, it's my birthday this week, so buy a CD for my birthday. My birthday September 18th. Here we go. <laughs> we'll start the Jimmy birthday fun. Exactly. I would have brought you a cake or whatever. No, Andy, Andy would have dropped it. I'm trying to lose weight. And I'm, cakes. I'm one of my friends just brought me a cake, and I'm like, I love you, but who wants it? Because I'm such a picky eater. I'm a pain. I'm like a vegan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> no, I, I got. I was talking. We bike. I was talking about biking. I bike, you know, pretty religiously. And last September, on my birthday week, I got hit by a truck. Oh, I went by a truck and a bike lane. You know, so I was laid up for a couple of months. And from September until March of this year, I blew up to 320 pounds. And had a heart attack in April. Oh, welcome to the club. <laughs> so now I'm at 268 right now. So my target's 245, so no cake for me. 
Get lose his weight, brother. <laughs> you and me both. High five from yes. here. High virtual, five. virtual, 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 <laughs> because it's COVID. And yes. we're safe. But what was the bug that got both of you into music? It's not the easiest profession. Like, when did you start off and realize, like, Annie and Jimmy, you said at 13. Well, was no, there I, an artist or was it music in your family? Or what got you and what also got you into your particular instrument? I love that question because this is like, Jimmy, Annie, you're going to play me. I don't no. want to play you. No, you're going to play piano. You're going to play <laughs> saxophone. Well, I started playing piano first at six years old. So piano was my first instrument. I still play piano now, actually. And uh, I started that at six. And then when I was eight years old, Terrence Bruce was a substitute teacher in my grade school. He did for his college at Alford. And he brought his saxophones in as a, as a demonstration. And I was like, wow, I like that. And I asked my dad for a sax. I got one a week later. And I got into high saxophone music. And that was that. And that's his history. Were there any, like, artists that influenced you that you really, like, you, you listened to some, or was it just, like, music in general? Well, my grandfather was a jazz musician. He played with Lionel Hampton's band, played trumpet, and my dad played jazz organ. So there's music in my life always. But, no, I saw Terrence with his horns, and that, you know, and, and I liked them. I liked the way they sounded. It was intriguing to me, and I wanted to learn to play saxophone. So my dad got me saxophone, and that was that. Now, since then, I've met and heard a lot of great Sacrifice would influence me, but initially it was just the fact that I liked the saxophone and wanted to, I wanted the saxophone. What about you, Annie? Oh, so yeah, there was a, a piano in my parents' house, and so yeah, I started playing piano probably about the same age as you, Jimmy. Um, I remember I was in a church talent show when I was five. Um, and a neighbor girl showed me how to play the top part of Heart and Soul. Oh, ding, 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 ding. Yep, yep, and we won, the, we won the talent contest. And um, so, yeah, I I played, you know, played the piano by ear to, to begin with and um, then started, you know, taking formal lessons when I was 12. And I had this really great piano teacher, um, Cheryl Chester, who helped me understand chords, chord structure, uh -huh. and that opened up the whole world, yeah. really, for me, and then I started writing songs. So I wrote my first, like, official song when I was um, 16, and then the first place I performed in town actually was Snake Sisters Cafe, do you remember? Uh -huh. I remember. Snake Sisters, oh, it's yeah. now Lux. Yeah, it's Lux now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So wasn't Bosco's before that, was it? That was near the Bosco's Bombay book. Because I saw Dave Edmonds and Nick Lowe there yeah. different times. It's, it was around there somewhere. Down the street a little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When you're young, you forget. You just know, it was around somewhere. No, we just get old and forget. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's, so that's, that's the thing awesome. there. That's awesome and everything. Now, this is a question I ask all musicians. We're going along last year. There's the insanity of politics, everything else, the weird world. But then all of a sudden, this thing called COVID hits, and... Figure, okay, we've never been in this before. It'll be gone in a month or so. Dink away. How is working musicians, did you deal with this from... I know, like, you had a lot of online, like the virtual, because yes. I saw them all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I, that, was, uh, that was a real learning curve for me, was figuring out the technology on how to do the, the live streams. And it was always kind of nerve-wracking. Like, is it going to work? Oh, I had friends who were upside down on the ceiling. Yeah. Katie Morey <laughs> was like, she'd be sideways and upside down. Yeah. The thing would die in the middle of the shows. Yeah. 
But I had my virtual rock concert tour every week where every day I would have somebody playing that I knew. Yeah, yeah, it was, I, I, I have to say, I mean, it was, um, it was good because it kept me engaged and it kind of kept me going. And I appreciated people kind of tuning in and making comments and saying hello during the performance. And so I would watch the comments as they came in and kind of converse with people um, that way. But by the end, you know, by the last one I did, I was like, oh my gosh, it's, this is so hard because, of course, you want to be with people. You don't get the feedback. That's, that's yeah, you get the, the comments, yeah. but you don't get that live, that the energy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so it was so nice to be able to get back in person back in June. Um, and now, like Jimmy was saying, you really have to, you know, we have to be careful and really perform in places where, you know, vaccines are required or and or at least masking and and you think about like for some people who are working musicians and used to being like playing 300 times a year, 300 times a year on the road like Dylan who toured every year mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you can't anymore mm-hmm. that's um, tough yeah I think um, I did two of the online concerts I did one in March and I did one in 2020 March and I did one in um, May of 2020 and I didn't like it yeah yeah <laughs> I didn't yeah. one I I I have not invested in my home in the sense of miking, so I did not like the quality of sound I got in the video, and I didn't charge anything for it. But it was just a film effort. I didn't like it. Yeah, it's I, like I, 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 if I yeah. want to do it. I mean, I've seen other sax players do online shows. And they got the proper miking. It sounds really good on headphones, like you know. Mm-hmm. So what I do, I recorded an album in the last year. I wrote an album, <laughs> yeah. recorded an album. I, that's some some and of I my did, friends. I, one of my friends recorded like four albums, uh, whereas I I could barely I wrote, do laundry during this time. <laughs> I wrote I wrote forty songs and whittled it down to twelve for the album, literally, and that's I recorded. Awesome. A ton of studio work remotely for other artists around the country, around the world. I had two guitar players in England I worked with, a couple of bass players on the West Coast, some other piano players I worked with down south. Just remotely. I would go to the studio, record the track, Dropbox to them. They PayPal me my money, and that's what I did for COVID. So um, I stayed busy musically, but I didn't do the amount of shows Annie did. But again, it was just... Um, because I didn't have the proper mic in my house. I had a couple people lose it, actually. A couple so. friends who were doing it. We just said, I have to be honest with you, this isn't fun anymore. No, I mean... I appreciate that. You know, I, you know it's like... So what I did do, I started doing some... Um, I started doing court requests, I called it. So request a song, and I'll play my Iwi. So Iwi sound a little better via mm-hmm. the via the, the, the phone. So mm-hmm. I get these requests from Level 42, Michael Jackson... Bob Dylan, whatever these songs, I would I would sequence it on my piano, get the Ewe out and play it on, and and record these songs to people, and that was my fun time uh, during COVID, trying to engage people because you miss that mm-hmm. engagement with your audience. Well, yeah. you're easy, you're jazz like you. What would you categorize? Your, is it? It's hard for me to categorize. It's like you're on a piano. <laughs> but see, hold on, I don't, yeah. I don't. You know what? As much as I appreciate being a jazz artist, I don't say that any longer because jazz has become. Look at the jazz, Newport Jazz Fest this year. 
who headlined Newport Jazz Fest? An R&B act. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw. I went to the Ottawa Jazz Fest. See my friends from Cuba. They yes. come in America. Yeah. So you know the headliner was st- well-known jazz band Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so my point is, jazz has become a moniker on anything that's not hip hop or country and western. Mm-hmm. So jazz, you know, the, the term, I, I, you know, I like playing traditional jazz music both smooth jazz and straight-ahead jazz, but I would just rather be called a musician in that, in that case. I, I hate the labels we've assigned to music. I like what I, what what I started calling all of you, like my my guests, is I call you creative people. Yeah. you got to create. Yeah. Creative people mm-hmm. have to create. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know, true. if you didn't have your if you didn't have your piano, you'd be doing on a kazoo if you had to. Yeah, <laughs> you just have to something in you where you just it's, it's in you. and You have to get it out. Yeah, yeah. I love Annie's music. I love her voice. You know, I've always been a fan. We're Facebook friends, actually. So I followed Annie for a lot of years, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to call you. I call it good music. When oh. I call See, it. that's what I use. <laughs> no, my, I've used the one. I have like my friends, my good friends, the Mighty High and Dry played yeah, last love week. Those guys. Mm-hmm. Love those guys. Oh, yeah. Love Alan, Kyle, oh, Alan. and Alex. Yes. Yeah. So I'm beef, my guy. <laughs> but people, what they will do is like the like I'll say I, I push as you know who yeah. doing this, all things local. Yeah. And I have friends like though okay, I just said come down. Well, what kind of music do they play? I can't describe it, but it's good. It's, it's good like music. Duke Ellington's yeah. quote, which I use all the time. There's two types of music: good music and bad music. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So well, back in high school, didn't you get like you had to be the metalhead or the goth or the pop or the you you were sort of pushed into that like say you got like 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 a sting album and you were like an iron main fan you had to talk oh come here oh demon the blue turtles and if somebody heard you you'd be like ostracized but that's the thing i play bass guitar also and i play metal bass and rock bass that's my fun outlet people don't know that you know i play on the album playing bass guitar so i hate to be categorized in a genre of music because i like so much music Mm-hmm. From country and western to rock and roll to jazz to R and B. I mean, I like all. I like good music. See, I do too. If you saw my record collection or anything else, or the shows I go to, uh-huh. and that's the beauty about Rochester. Is like you said, like the people who play it. We have so many great musicians here. We do. I have a friend of mine. He moved to Atlanta, and he told he loves Atlanta. But he yeah. said, "You won't believe it." You don't get half of the music here, big city Atlanta, as you do in Rochester. I literally back in the day. Before COVID, everything else, I could, if you want to go out every night, pick a music you want to see. And, like, I was on my way to seeing my friend's uh, rockabilly show after going to a ballet mm-hmm. or going to the RPO and then going to see a punk show at the Bug Jar yeah. or going to the Little, seeing, like, all, you know. Yeah. And the Little, I think, like, we'll speak on the Little a little bit, too. I think that's such a great place to play. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so many different things. But I think the thing about the little two is it's not background music. People are listening. You know, yeah. they are really intent on listening, which I think is really good for any musician because mm-hmm. I get really mad if I go to a show and people are just like talking or anything. It's yeah. like, go somewhere else. You're bothering me. Yeah, little was mm-hmm. a great venue. They really encouraged that. And I've gone, I've seen Annie there, I've seen Bob Snyder there. I've seen so the, many. You know, and they, they are a venue that encourages you to shut up. <laughs> listen to the music and I love it and also yeah and there's it's such a variety I'm all for diversity yes. it's like what, and it's such a variety you never know who you go look down like you have Leo's a people player who where do you ever hear that the archive ravens who I can't even describe mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know Scott Reagan what's he called the old uh, 
the old vault, whatever, the old chickens or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, the spring chickens. Yeah, spring yeah. chickens. Yeah. You know, all those type of things. Mm-hmm. And how is, you know, and how is the piano in there as a stuff? Well, I yeah. see, I've heard little things about it, so yeah. don't get in trouble or no, anything, but no, just no. say. I mean, so it's a Steinway, and when I first started playing there over 10 years ago, it was in, you know, fairly good shape. It's not in such good shape right now. Um, I, I would love to see it refurbished, if that were possible. I'm sure it would cost a lot. Um, so, that, yeah, I mean, I think we should put together a little GoFundMe for the piano. Um, I'm, I'm actually thinking of Green Book now because Don Shirley wouldn't play without a Steinway in the yeah. movie. Yeah, nope. I mean, that's the thing. Steinway is such a great instrument, and um, this this one needs it needs some attention. The keys stick. Um, you know, the tone is, is not great. But, I mean, I still, I, I still play it, and um, um, it's okay. I mean... It works, but yeah. I'd love to see it get some attention. Yeah, sad. I don't think we, and not to age ourselves, but we appreciate the quality of instruments like a Stanley piano. Mm-hmm. A lot of the generation that doesn't appreciate that. I've been to two high schools in the city. I'm not going to see what high schools they work. I don't want to embarrass them, but they both have Steinways, and they've actually drilled latches onto them to put headlocks on the Steinway that oh, locked the piano. No. I mean, literally. Oh, dear. And it's grass with coffee stains. and I mean, full-size Steinway grand pianos oh. that the school districts own in Rochester. It's like a strait of various like, ending cows. kidding me? You <laughs> love what you have here. And, and it, I, they don't. And that's a novel idea. I mean, I would gladly donate my band with your band, like do a, a concert and all the proceeds go to yeah. the Steinway. Let me know. I'll, I'm I'm bored with that, Annie. Yeah. All day long, because I mean, that's a beautiful instrument. Yeah. And it's just really sad that I feel like people today, because everything's so digital nowadays. You know, everything is so right. you know. Right. They don't appreciate the right. quality of true acoustic instruments like right. a Stradivarius or a Steinway piano. Right. And and <laughs> certainly that is always my preference is to be able to play an acoustic piano. And I I. You know, along those lines, I'd love to give a shout out to uh, 75 Stutzen Street. Yes. I was just Tom there. Bruce and Roe, my guys love them both. And they yeah. have great instruments, and it's a great venue. I've yeah. played several venues there since COVID started. Yeah. Now they've got a, they have a beautiful piano there they do. in the sanctuary. Yes, they do. Um, which I got to play a few weeks ago when we played there, and that's a great listening room. And it is. People need to, to know more about that. That yeah. area, Stutzen Street, has become like an entertainment district down there. I was just at 75 Stutzen last week, uh, and it's beautiful. The sound, but great. Yeah, the acoustics are I got to really, because yeah. uh, I got some Baxter in that place. Tom, I met Tom Bruce almost 26 years ago. We played in the band. We were the first horn line in the band Brass Taxi. Oh. I was a sax player, Tom was a player, and Dave Cuff was a trombone player, one of the founding members. Me and Tom have since left the band, but they're still going strong Brass Taxi. My daughter and his granddaughter went to school of the arts together. So, and Tom's daughter's a singer. So Tom, retired rg and guy, took all his retirement, mortgaged his house, and bought that freaking building. Yeah. <laughs> his attitude was, if I die... I can't spend the money anyhow. I want to give my kids something in mm-hmm. legacy. And started this school for his kids and grandkids. And I mean, that's mm-hmm. admirable that he would do that. Yeah. And it's a great venue, both that sanctuary mm-hmm. and the 
what used the to be, auditorium. I guess, the um, yeah. bingo hall is now another stage. Full lighting, mm-hmm. full sound. I mean, I've done four shows there this year already. Mm-hmm. All sold out and absolutely wonderful. And they're also streamed online as they well. Do. They so, do. I mean, you know, I really thank Tom for giving musicians a venue mm-hmm. at an affordable cost. Cause it's not expensive. It's a good affordable yeah. cost. Yeah, it is. To to showcase our talent. Plus, they have a, a not-for-profit. They have a kids' band called All In Band. I had a fundraiser with them last month. Gives kids an opportunity to be in a band mm-hmm. who can't in their schools. I mean, like Andy said, it's a wonderful situation. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to give those guys thanks for what they do. Yeah. Roland and, and yeah. Tom. And I, he's so kind. He is. He's very yeah. kind. Yeah. Yeah, I got, a, I got blessed with an 1899 Willitzer Baby Grand Piano in my home. Oh, wow. And I keep it. I keep it up. I have a guy named Charlie Frio who maintains it for me. And uh, nice. So yeah, I, I agree. I love the feel and the sound of a real acoustic yeah. piano. Yeah, <laughs> you can't I beat have, it. I have a, a 1903 Chickering. Okay. And um, I don't know if you guys know Don Golden. He tunes pianos and he tuned it recently. Yeah. And um, he said, uh, he said, if this were a car, the check engine light would be on. <laughs> oh, Willie! <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it really. Speaking of pianos needing attention, it, it really, um, it probably needs a rebuild. Now I got to tune mine twice a year because I live in the city and I have an old home with the old heater. So mm-hmm. every time the winter comes, the heater comes on, it knocks out a pitch because <laughs> I tune. So it sucks. I got to oh, get tuned oh in. Spring and in the summer, and the fall, I gotta get it to them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, they feel the weather. They feel the weather. I remember Greg Townsend said, like, his yeah. 1960 guitar would, like, it would not like the cold. Not like the. Yeah. But this Annie said that a lot about her interest. Do you have any preferences what you play, or is, like, something you can, like, play, you play? No, I actually endorsed the saxophone line, Eastman Winds. I endorsed their, their line, and they're wonderful saxophones. I mean, they're uh, Eastman Winds. Eastman has been around a long time. Haynes flute and Eastman guitar, they've been around uh, since the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. Gentleman, I cannot think of his name. He's Chinese. He's coming to school at Juilliard. And he was a violin uh, uh, student. And he had a really not a good violin. And a gentleman who uh, made violin, made him a violin. And when he got out of school, he took his money and started the company with this gentleman's help and that became Eastman it became Eastman Guitar Eastman Haynes Flute and they have a sax line now Eastman Winds which I endorse so I play Eastman saxophones now I mean the flex are always the Selmers the Yamasawas the Yamahas but I'll tell you Eastman pound for pound is a great horn I play it by Mincher plays it most of the Earth and the Fire horn line plays it a number of noted jazz artists play the Eastman horn so yes there's a preference Eastman wins for me. Mm-hmm. That's right. There we go. That's nice. cool. The other thing, too, is like I say, creative people create, and there's something about doing your own music, and that's what I'm really big in. You can do covers. It's cool. A lot yeah. of my friends do. But the whole process for that, but like I think now, I keep saying back in the day, I use back in the day, not we're old, like <laughs> recording was different. It sounded, we used to say bands sounded local. So like these days, you can actually get them down. They sound very professional. You don't bankrupt yourself doing it either. But how did these albums, these CDs, come together? If you have a mountain album, too, I don't know if you're doing that. <laughs> well, I will say I'm old enough that I recorded in the time of tape. Still, I, my first album was recorded on two-inch tape, mm-hmm. and I will tell you, I prefer the analog sound mm-hmm. over the digital sound. I listened to my first album, and even though this is professionally mastered as well and done in a professional studio, 
the quality of sound in that first album is unmatched because of this that tape sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as as far as songwriting, I have I have six private students. I teach saxophone too, and I teach them piano as well. I feel every musician, whether they're a sax player, player, guitar player, whatever, should play piano as well. Why? Because all the notes are in front of you. Mm-hmm. You want to know how to write music. Mm-hmm. You want to understand counterpoint and chord progression and harmonies. Mm-hmm. And the only way to do that is to play piano. Yeah, I'm not I saying agree. being Rachmaninoff or Chick Korea, but just understand basic. This is a a C minor seven. You this is a C major triad. You know, at least. <laughs> you know, and 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 it affords you the vocabulary to write music. And I think as musicians. It's our duty to contribute to the world. And writing music is our opportunity to contribute something positive to the world with the gift we were given by God. Mm-hmm. So and that's it's like, my Where do your that. songs come from? Like, do they, a lot of times, just being alive, you just come up with an idea? Do they just pop in your head? Uh, <laughs> for both of you. Oh, so, well, yeah. Sometimes, it you know, it's um, an event, maybe current events that happen or or, like, um, this song that I'm going to ask you guys to play later um, that sort of informed the, the title of the latest CD it's a, a song called Miss Lonely Hearts and it was inspired by the um, the um, Alfred Hitchcock movie huh. Rear Window about one of the characters in the movie um, Miss Lonely Hearts and um, it's, it's sort of like um, the reason I sort of um, cued into Miss Lonely Hearts is because um, music saves her in the movie. So there's all these different, if you've ever seen the movie, it's, you know, Jimmy Stewart is uh-huh. a photographer. He's looking back into a courtyard, and there's a murder that happens, of course. And and um, there, one of the storylines is uh, Miss Lonely Hearts is, you know, by herself. She's very sad. And in the upper corner of the courtyard, there's a musician who plays. He's writing a song, and you can see that he's also very unhappy. And uh, they play this, the, his song is sort of like a theme that plays throughout the movie. And um, so near the end of the movie she's about to take take some pills to to commit suicide and she hears the song and she stops and then in the very end of the movie you see the two of them together wow the the, the songwriter and miss lonely hearts that's cool yeah so sometimes it's stuff like that you know where did hitchcock have his cameo do you remember <laughs> Oh gosh! Don't worry yeah, about it. We don't put you on the spot. He's in every show. movie, yes, right. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, he's like Stanley's every movie. <laughs> yeah, yep, every movie, even on Lifeboat, he's in the he's in the after picture of a weight loss ad. Yes. Everybody, yeah. you can look it up at home. I don't put my guests on. Yeah. So one thing I like to talk about a lot is I do think still there's like a divide in this town between original music and cover music. And one of the things, like, I'll have friends. I'll say, "Come and check this out." And they're like, oh, whatever. Then they'll be like, come down here. There's an Eagles tribute band playing. I can hear them any time of the week. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times what happens with original performing artists is maybe it's smaller, but we have such loyal people who come to the shows and support all of you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to get other people in who just like the commercial stuff. I try and try and try, and they never show up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I guess for me, my 
my set, my recipe is 80-20. I play 80% original music, 20% covers. And that, you know, and the covers I play are songs people like, their standards, people like that they feel good about, and that's that. My synopsis on why this divide, and this, I hate, I don't want to offend anybody, but it's a couple of things. One, the school system, particularly the inner city district, inner city school district, has decimated all the music programs. The kids aren't learning music anymore. They're not learning music. See, people don't, I'll, sorry to interrupt you, but I remember like one of my friends, and I will say this, I'm involved in the Girls <coughs> Rock Rochester yeah. a lot, mm-hmm. Submarine Alvino's, School. Alvino's group. Yeah, exactly. Submarine School of Music. Yeah. I want to do, Herb Smith's got that group. Exactly. Uh, but one of the things to me is I still, I'll always remember one of my friends who used to tell me all the time, he's like, Rob, I hated school. <coughs> Hated it. Yeah. The only reason I got out and graduated was because the one thing I enjoyed was the music program. Yeah. And people just look at it as eh, nothing or whatever. It's that guy from Whiplash throwing yeah. stuff at you. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing. These kids aren't getting the pedigree that, say, me and Amy and got as kids. So they don't have the musical vernacular to write music. So, therefore, it's easier to learn other musicians' music and play it and relive the dream through their music, like the movie Rockstar with with, uh, Mark Walburn. Based on Ripper Owens, Which is why you're seeing a lot more cover bands. I'm not knocking cover bands. I'm not saying they're talented. I'm not either. I have some of my best friends. They do great stuff. They're really talented music. I love these party bands like Me and the Boys, Brass Taxi, you know. And they're great. They're awesome. They're awesome musicians. I I want people to come to both, though. That's the thing. You know, but it's just, you don't... A lot of musicians... One, they don't have the pedigree to write their own music or the courage to get out there and expose themselves with their own music. It's easier to play this music, which you know everybody's going to like it, and I can get paid playing it. And I think that's what's happening. And it's not a bad thing. No, it's not. I want to, I want to, like Amy said earlier, Amy, I'm sorry, Amy said earlier about uh, learning chords and things. I encourage every musician to learn how to read music. I don't shoot anybody who cannot read music. There are a lot of great cats out there who don't read music. But as someone who reads music, I don't have music theory, there's so much I can do with studio work and other things of that nature that you can't do. It's like your eye, It's like the movie Wizard of Oz is black and white and it's color. It's like that. When you can yeah. read music That's and understand... That's a great analogy. When you can understand music, understand right. counterpoint, understand chord progression, understand the mechanics right. of how a song is written, your world is blown wide open. Right. So I would encourage any kid, anybody to learn just basic music theory and understand why notes relate to notes. Mm-hmm. There's only 12 notes. There's 12 notes in the world. It's all just 12 yeah. notes. There was a secret chord that David played and pleased the Lord, though. Uh, at this point, those 12 notes, those 12 notes make up so much music. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's just the more you have in vernacular, the more you can play. Mm-hmm. I get to be. There's so many songs, too. You, you love music in general, and some of the stuff you want to play by other people, and yeah. people dig it. There's nothing. My my very good friend, Rob Mount, he's been on the show a lot. He's a, yeah. He played for Lou Graham. He does. Yeah. That's what he does. Is he does cover songs. Mm-hmm. He does them very, very well. Mm-hmm. And I'm not shooting that down. My yeah. thing, one of the things, one of the things I preach on this show is, number one, the positivity of music. Number yeah. two, though, go, which, go see what you like, but go see exactly. what you don't know because you might like it. I agree. That's what I do. I'll go like for the little actually. And Ken Colombo was saying mm-hmm. this too to me. He's like, "Okay, I'm going to go see what I like, but if I see a band I've never seen before, I'm going to go see him." Exactly. And follow them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I try to do until like COVID hit and I couldn't go anywhere anymore. <laughs> well, hopefully, I'm praying that um, 
things will start to get a little better. Mm-hmm. Even with the Delta variant, and we can get back to some level or a new normal with the music scene mm-hmm. in Rochester. Because I do miss performing live. For yeah. And we miss it too, obviously. The energy you get from the audience is just unmatched. Mm-hmm. It just is unmatched. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah. And Jazz Fest obviously should come back. I know it's. It, I know. I, I talked a lot with Mark Icon during COVID. He's a good friend, a little brother, an older brother to me, I guess I should say. And uh, he's, you know, he has every intention, from what I understand, of bringing it back next year. Definitely bringing and it I'm back just, next year. And I just, see, I, I, you can't live in fear in terms, I'm just going with the flow. It was just, I think for him, we talked about it, because he got a lot of, he got a lot of negative back mm-hmm. uh, press, and it was unfortunate. I knew he was a good guy. But logistically, with the mandates from the state, it was just impossible. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. impossible mm-hmm. to do it. Yeah, so, I wouldn't have. I, I probably wouldn't have gone anyways because of the yeah. crowds. It just he wants, but he has set a standard for the jazz fest, and he wants to maintain that standard. And mm-hmm. with the restrictions and the mandates, it would have been almost impossible mm-hmm. to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. So instead of doing it, you know, raggedy or half, yeah. why yeah. do it at all? That's actually. I'll bring up a question to you because you actually reminded me of something from the jazz fest. That for me, like I saw Mose Allison. And mm-hmm. for me, that means a lot. Is mm-hmm. there anybody you've seen that you were just, wow, I'm really glad I saw that person? Or do you even get out to shows because you play all the time? <laughs> oh, any, any. oh, I was just going to say um, we, saw, we saw Bill Fursell, and I really like, I really like Bill Fursell. Um, that kind of that stands out in my mind, yeah. That was might have been the last... I know he's played there a lot. I, yeah. I'm old. I'm, they get mixed up in my head. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as far as to rush the jazz, I make time to see artists I like to see. Or like, anybody, like, too. Like, you know. like Annie. I love to see yeah. Annie play. Um, I may sit in the back and not say anything, but I'm there. I support <laughs> I support cats from Rochester. I support I, a hometown artist. I can't do it anymore, but back in the day when I was younger and mm-hmm. stronger... I would be going five. I'd make sure I take the week off. I'd go every day and I'd be at the jam session. So, like, I'd take the musicians down to go get breakfast. I have never been in a sad. I've played in the Jazz Fest, I think, eight eight or nine times now, but I've never gone to the jam sessions. <laughs> it got where there was too much, though. It's but just, the thing is, just, I made friends, like my friends from Cuba. Yeah. Uh, we stay in touch all the time, and they just, you know, I, it's I like... Go, I go to the shows and support the artists, but I've never gone to the jam session. And for me, it's just, it's just so crowded, and I get anxiety. I do, too. That's you know me. what I would do? I would go in the other room so, and just listen, because I hate crowds like that, which is the irony of the jazz fest. But, it's, but as far as artists at this jazz fest, I've gone to see who I really wanted to see, and I saw the uh, would be definitely Kenny Garrett was one who I wanted to see, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Of course, my little sister, Tia Fuller, who I love dearly, seeing her play, and um, obviously Chick Corea. I actually met Chick earlier in life because my uncle Alphonse Buzan worked with Chick Corea. Oh. So I met Chick and Herbie wow. and yes. Wayne Shorter through my uncle Alphonse. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, so seeing him live is awesome. You know, I mean, one of the most impactful concerts I've seen was in Philadelphia back in the late, early, late 80s with Michael Brecker before he died. Mm-hmm. So that was impactful. Mm-hmm. And Art Porter as well before he died. Mm-hmm. Two very great influences in my music. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Because you are right about how jazz fests are because Willie Nelson, I love Willie, but he's not jazz. Well, look at you had, you had... Uh, Elvis Costello. Yeah, Elvis Costello had... I got uh, to see the Scottles, which for me was a big thing. You had thing. Steve Martin and his group. I mean, and they're great musicians, but it's not jazz. But it's jazz. I think what's happened is jazz has such a regal quality to it they put it on it to make it 
nice. And I think <laughs> when I hear jazz, the word jazz, I think creativity because I think that's something yeah. you can go off. I think there's structure, but there's no structure. You can start go off twenty minutes, come back, do what you want to do, just in the moment. No, I'm, yeah, I agree, but definitely that's the beauty about music and. Music is the quintessential language. I remember going to Russia and playing music in Russia, and I, other than saying learning how to say "das vidanya," that was it. God for but, Daniel. But, but I tried middle, when I went to Russia. C, I was perceiver you could do too. That's but not middle that hard. C is still middle C over there, mm-hmm. so we can play a blues and get all and play music all day long. Can't talk to each other, but we can play music together. So music is definitely the quintessential language. Yeah, and that's and that I got into world music again, big time during oh, yeah. shutdown, and I found a band called Daka Braka. They played here. They yeah. like Ukraine. Just they make weird noises like bird noises yeah. and hit the incredible stuff. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Yeah, I mean there's so many there's so many now genres, subgenres within the jazz genre. Mm-hmm. From smooth jazz, contemporary jazz, hard bop, bebop. I mean this is it's it's endless. Mm-hmm. And it's continually evolving. You're seeing now cats playing jazz on harps and on electric violins and on on accordions. I mean I mean banjo, banjos. Bella Fleck and Flex. I mean, mm-hmm. any instrument can play jazz, can play a blue scale. Awesome. So, I mean, it's, it's but cool. But for both of you, what's up? You're just going to keep trucking, moving on? I'll be back to see you once I'm out of my Phantom Zone exile in a month <laughs> or so. <laughs> More to that story sometime. We like to have the guests talk, don't talk about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, so I have, I've got a date coming up on Friday. Yeah, what's coming up? This is promos, promos. Yeah, Say what you're doing, Jimmy. Sure. Say what you're doing, Annie. Yeah, so Friday at the Little Theater. It's just, it's the trio. Um, so it's me, Dave Arenius, and Mike Kalpa. And what are the, is it masks now? Yeah. Yep. Masks required, um, you know, when you're not eating or drinking. Well, that or, would be sort of like if you forget and like you try to like put the coffee or yeah. something get through the mask, which I would do, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And then we'll be back there again in October, but... Right, right now it's all it's really kind of up in the air, you know. Yeah, like I say, I'm hoping for the best. You can't do yeah. anything about it. And one thing I always do, it's like one of my main things. I go to a little the cafe, the music, see what's playing. You can go down, go to a little, and you can see any stuff. How can we find you online? It's just yeah. Facebook, obviously, and then yeah. there's other things. Right, Facebook, and um, you know, I'm. You can find me on Spotify, and I'm on YouTube. Really, you know, any of the streaming platforms, you can find me. For sure. Isn't it? I mean, you can get the stuff out now. I mean, that is mm-hmm. one thing. You can get your... But the thing, you know, there's always the mixed bag because there's so much of it out there, but you can get your stuff out. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, what's right. coming up, Jimmy? I got a pretty busy schedule, so... Oh, you are doing your show, too. Tune in. Every Sunday evening, 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Smooth Jazz Roofs, my show, Smooth Jazz Central. We have to listen to it online, no. So go to the website, www. Jazz901.org and click on the Smooth Grooves link for smooth for smooth jazz music. Sounds great. As Just the way you're saying it, it's like oh, it's <laughs> gonna be smooth. Yeah, it's gonna be smooth. So um, tonight's show is gonna be special, and next week's show is gonna be my birthday show. Got my birthday that weekend, so happy birthday! Happy birthday. birthday! Getting older. Anyhow, live music. The this, alternative's worse. Believe me, yes, I know, especially yes, after is. this last month. I'm grateful, brother. Trust me. So, live music. Uh, this Saturday, I'm playing a festival a fundraiser for the 441 Ministry. We're playing on the corner of Parcells and Greeley, behind New City Cafe, La Coffee Cafe. We're, I'm just playing an hour set between six and seven. No, seven and yes, yeah, seven p.m. 
Then the following, that Sunday after, well, no, that, that's private. The next following week, we're doing um, a show at Cabo Frio at the Rochester Museum of Science Center. And and then the following Thursday, I'm doing a show, a Motown review, a Charlie Atkins story. My band's opening up for it at the New Innovation Square Theater. And that's on um, the 30th. And then the following week, I'll be at St. Vice Street doing a disco mm-hmm. concert, a tribute to disco. Oh, <laughs> With Paul Boutte on the 2nd of October. And then my release party on the 9th of October. Then we're doing a black tie gala event open to the public on the 16th at a venue on Cumberland Street. My website is www.jimmy with an I-E highsmithjr.com and all of these events are on there with ticket information to get tickets. And you can pick up CDs, I'm sure, goodies, yes, all yes. the all kinds of stuff. All, all that stuff is available to you. I'm you also on all the streaming sites, all the digital downloads, I'm on everything. Google me and you'll find me, I promise. That's <laughs> the one thing for me because I've been very safe during COVID. Yeah. All these different places have popped up, these music venues, while I've been away like mm-hmm. because I've just been sort of a recluse during COVID. It's like ah, yeah. more places for people to play. Ain't nothing yeah. wrong with that. Yeah, you know. But thanks you two for coming on. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it's real. Now I don't want to goof it up. So we're having a double treat today. We're playing two songs. <laughs> okay. So whoever Annie, you're next to me, so you might as well go first. Right. <laughs> That's how I go in order. People are like, why do you pick on people? No, they're just <clears throat> the way they're seated. Leave me alone. <laughs> so what are we playing from a uh, Lonely Hearts Club? Yeah. So let's do. Oh. Trip. What kind of a wine is it? I'm just. It's um, red. Yeah, I don't remember. It's good wine. Well, it was good wine. That it was really good wine. So there's the picture on the front is sort of, um, it's a tribute to Miss Lonely Hearts from the movie. Um, so she's raising a glass to uh-huh. someone she imagines is there. Awesome. And there's a big jazz thing on the back. See the big jazz yeah, I saw poster. It. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very cool, and we are playing. You probably said it, but I like talked over you. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, um, track number four, um, Miss Lonely Hearts. And I see all these are ah. There's a, I like to see that a colorblind James song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's also um, songs that were written by Phil Marshall. On Dave Ripton's CD. one. There's, there's one by Dave Ripton and uh, one that um, Phil and I wrote together. Yeah. I can actually read this because I have my glasses on, not my contacts. <laughs> now, Jimmy, what are we playing from you here? I'm actually going to play the title, not the title track, but the first track called Mr. Muzan. It's a song I wrote for my Uncle Alphonse Muzan, drummer with Weather Report and many others. Uncle Al introduced me to Miles Davis, Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea, Wayne Short, and so many other great musicians. On that track, I'm playing. I've been listening to, for some reason, Herbie Hancock's Cantaloupe is playing in my brain all the time. Like, <laughs> I love this song. So, on that track, it's an upbeat track. It's jazz fusion based on Weather Report. I'm playing, I'm playing saxophone, I'm playing flute, I'm playing electric instrument, I'm playing piano. Scott Bradley's playing keyboards. Oh, Scott, <laughs> he's everywhere. He's, got, he's also playing trumpet on the track. Nice. Curtis is. Kendrick's playing drums, Carl Mux is playing bass, and uh, yeah, it's a fun track. So what I'm is play- this? Is this like, uh, does this have you as a character in the Cranberry Jimmy song? Yes, so I don't drink. Neither but, do I. But my elixir is cranberry juice. I, that's, and just straight, like the plain straight, one, nothing like with the cran grape or no, the cran no, orange just straight, or tart cranberry, cranberry juice. or whatever. You know, I love that tart cranberry juice. And what it is is that I'll go to the you know, I'll go to a club and get a cranberry juice and, you know, so like I'm having a drink but it's not really a drink. Oh, which tell people to keep cod if it's like people go, what do because well, I don't you know, I don't drink either. So and I'm not sure about Annie, but for me, because I'm truly 
and those who know me know I'm an introvert. I am, music was not my first career choice. It was something I had to do because I was kind of born into it. Mm-hmm. But when I'm on stage, there's this smooth jazz guy. But when I'm off stage, there's Cranberry Jimmy, the regular Jimmy guy. And people who know me see the transformation. So Cranberry is just my nickname for those who know me in my inner circle because that's Please be nice to anybody who listens. Do not pelt them with cranberries like they pelt the Beatles with jelly beans. Okay? <laughs> so that's the song I wrote for myself. Dust Cranberry Jimmy. Cool. But thanks. It was a trip. I'm glad you two came down. Thank you. And thank you very much. And we'll play these songs so you don't have to hear me talk anymore. See you later. Bye.
what he 